Welcome, everyone, to episode 206 of Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I'm Holden DePardo, and I'm here with the, was it uh, inflatable, moving, I can't do the family guy. Wacky wavy arm and play the man. Yep, that's what it was. Yep. (laughs) One of the best episodes of Sunny in Philadelphia is the one where they get the boat, and uh, then, you know, Charlie has to eat all the barnacles off of it, and... And then they have the dance competition. I remember that one, yeah. And D is, like, getting all of her dance moves from the Wacky Wavy Arm Inflatable Tube Man. It was, like, it was great. That was a good episode. I've, I have seen that one. Also, I'm Chad Michael Linus. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now mm. on Twitch, Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as long as there's no te- uh, technical issues, YouTube and podcast services, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Plus, we got some kind of special things to announce here. Year of the Guest continues. We have a link on our website, affableidiots.com, where you can be on the podcast. If you want to join us and talk about video games, or you want to be on AAWY and also with you and talk about fun, random activity stuff. It's, yeah, it's just, it's everything. It's everything and anything you want to do. Anything from transgender representation to talking about um, whether anime or grunge metal song names are weird. And yes, they are. (laughs) <laughs> we also have a new show called the grind that premiered last friday yeah last friday and it's just a breakdown of some big topic we want to talk about and the first one is about how there is no switch pro it will be a replacement for the switch not a third tier premium product and that you is a, all about why that's the case yes that is a youtube exclusive holden yes youtube exclusive content we've got little slides on the side little speaking of this is a piece of feedback that i intended to send you in a text message that i didn't we should actually do a powerpoint like take the screenshots i was thinking the same exact thing yeah because i love keynote i love keynote i would love to turn it into a keynote presentation (laughs) Um, it's it's already our most viewed youtube video so go to youtube.com and then look at it absolutely we also have this website that we're also on called Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash idiots. If you'd like to support us, if you want to contribute to what games we're playing on BARF every month, you want cool wallpapers, you want to play game night with us every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time, you can do that. Go to patreon.com forward slash idiots. We've no, got our no, pretty no. intense... patreon.com slash respawning fire. Oh, we just... That's, that's, right. that's RAF exclusive. Also, speaking of new wallpapers, there's Mass Effect ones that just dropped last night, and they look they sexy. look so good. I've got them on all my shit. Look really, really good. I don't know why I'm updating the note to say <laughs> patreon.com says respawning fire. I have no idea why I'm doing that. Anyway, we have a really good show this week. Mostly because it's been two weeks, so we just have a crazy amount of big news stories to talk about. We got a former Sony employee who hosted an AMA, which was really interesting, on, did it on Reddit. Days uh, Days Gone 2 rumors, well, not so much Days Gone 2. We'll get to that in a little bit, as well as the Last of Us remake, Hoopla. We also got Epic Game Store Losla, uh, losses. I almost said Losla. Where's my head at today? Losla. And for <laughs> the main quest, we're going to get to all that I stuff. I almost said just... this. How weird is that? I almost said this. Let me say it again. <laughs> You're turning to me. I'm going to choke around spit. Um, before we get to all those amazing lossless stories, we have for our main quest, Summer Games Fest and E3 2021 are returning. Which one are we more excited about? Let's jump into each of these first. 
little news stories to prompt us to what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll share our opinions and thoughts. Sweet. So first headline here for Mike Fahey at Kotaku. It's official. E3 returns as an all-digital, all-free event June 12th. Thank the, the official Lord. companies. Yes, thank God. The companies that will officially be there include Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Bros., Coke Media. So far, we haven't heard from Activision, Sony, or Square Enix. Um, well, Sony probably isn't going to be there. That'll probably be their usual. I don't Activision know. usually is. I don't know, Holden. You think it's going to happen? My One of my predictions this year is that E3 is going to be back and all major players That's are going right. to be part of it. So Sony has That's to be right. part of it. But Square Enix I mean, is they'll also... do something that week. The week yeah. before, they'll be a part of the experience, well, even if they're not part of E3. That's what we thought last year too, and then we were super true. disappointed. And then we it's were true. very much appointed right after that when they re- did the games reveal. <laughs> Speaking of super disappointed, Summer Games <laughs> Fest returns in June. Says Jay Peters at the Verge. For now, that's all we know. Uh, publishers, developers involved, all that's going to be announced in quote the coming weeks. Um, but there will be a show called Day of the Devs, which puts a spotlight on a select group of upcoming indie and AAA video games. Chad, which one are you more excited about? Mm, I'm excited about E3, Holden. And I think we all know why. Because we need some structure to our lives. We need some things <laughs> yeah. to get back to normal. We can't have random, maybe good, maybe pointless shit popping up on fucking no hours notice in the middle of the summer. We need four days we can take off of work and sit in our couch and eat Chinese food and all get on podcasts and geek out together. That's what we need. Bring this community back together. I 100% agree. E3 is so much more exciting. This is what Summer Games Fest is. These companies were occasionally going to announce games throughout the summer, but now because of Summer Games Fest, they're going to be announced occasionally throughout the summer, <laughs> and it's really no different. It's such yeah. a boring idea. I totally agree. The E three is exciting because it's bringing the community together. Even if we don't like all the announcements, we can talk about what was interesting to us as opposed to being like, "Man, Monster Hunter Stories three this week just like wasn't for me. I didn't really care for that." It just everyone will have something to be excited about. It's way more engaging, way more fun. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Summer Games Fest, (laughs) I feel like, is going to look We totally agree, 100%. It's going to look so much different because, first of all, all the gaming personalities, everyone on on Twitter, like all the journalists and things like that that I've seen are all calling it Summer Games Mess. So, like, the people who the industry listens to are admitting it was a, a shit show last year. So I feel like when Jeff Keighley... Who has all of their ears, or vice versa? They have all. They have his. He has their. One of those way. He talks to them. Um, <laughs> he is gonna hear the feedback. I'm sure he's heard it from gamers as well on Twitter and through his polls on his, um, his Twitter that he does that are super scientific. But I feel like it's gonna look very different. I don't think it's gonna be a sporadic shit show. I don't think it's gonna be super unorganized with no notice. From what it sounds like, you know, this thing saying publishers and developers are going to be announced in the coming weeks i feel like we're going to have like a schedule and we're gonna know oh so like that would be a lot better absolutely and i think you make a good point it's gonna get better because if you look at the game awards jeff Keeley worked really hard at making the game awards better pretty much every year it's gotten yep considerably better i would say um to now where it just feels like it's staple the industry Game Awards will always be there. No one's going to question the existence of the Game Awards. So it's a fair point. When Game Awards first started, it wasn't the hottest thing ever. 
but now it yeah. is. Now, that's the a good point. Question, it's a good point. We know E3 yeah. is going to be fucking great because it's going to they're going to have announcements and even even though it's all digital, hopefully one time in the near future it's going to be not all digital and we can go and attend in person when the world's not dead. And but anyway, we know that's going to be great. Summer Game Fest is probably going to be better than last year, which means it might be good. Is Summer Games Betfest? <laughs> might be back? good. I would like Summer that Games Betfest. Bet fucking. I would fest? like to return to that. Whatever the, that was. It was fun. The betting resulted to no consequences for me <laughs> losing whatsoever. No consequences. <laughs> uh, was as the loser of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm totally down for Summer Games Pet Fest coming out. And I'm totally down for us to brainstorm what the consequence is going to be. Because before <laughs> we were in the middle of it, we were like, what are we going to do? I don't know. Like, you won't be able to hit a certain button when we're streaming a game. Here's what <laughs> like... it is. Here's what it is. It's going to be Summer Games Pet Fest double or nothing. And it's going to be oh. either your punishment is going to be twice as bad as whatever it was going to be, <laughs> or you're going to come out a winner. <laughs> that way, because you didn't, because you didn't have to pay up on the first one. You're like, hey, 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 wait, 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 double or nothing. I was like, all right, let's wait till next summer. All right, all right. So here's my question: Going back to E3 and Summer Games, um, fest. What do you think the impact is going to be on each other? We haven't had both of these playing out in the same summer before. Do you think it will have an impact? I think at most, I, I don't think there's going to be much impact at all. I think Summer Game Fest is going to be um, mostly throughout end of June and July. Normally the like dead zone after E3 where there's nothing happening, no news or anything like that. I, I think at most things that wouldn't normally get announcements will probably get some kind of announcement from Summer Game Fest. Things like yeah. – um, like what do we get announced? Like Tony Hawk last year got announced. Although that's probably that's a little higher profile, but I'm sure they're gonna have high profile. But that's my my idea is that it, we're gonna see some announcements in the traditional mm. dead period. Maybe some people will reserve some, not like do it at E3, but instead reserve it for Summer Game Fest. But I don't think we're gonna see a ton of that. I think E3 is still gonna be a big blowout. Yeah, I agree. I think E3 is still gonna be really big, like it always is. Even like on lesser years, it's still really big. I do feel like there's a chance we could see something like this. Hypothetically, let's say that Bethesda decides to talk about Starfield, right? And they say, "Hey, here's Starfield. We got some cool things to show about it, and look forward to more throughout the summer with Summer Games Fest." And they might kind of use E3 to kind of launch into their their marketing plan for Summer Games Fest. I feel like that because it wouldn't really like harm E3 or Summer Games Fest for that to happen. I, I can't see either organization kind of being upset about that because it kind of helps each other in a way. And it's not like that's uncommon. I think you would see things at E3 where they'd say, oh, we announced this game. Look forward to more at TGS later on this year. Like, it's not uncommon to see that. So I think you'll see some more kind of I have a question for you. Like that. Do you think that there's any bad blood between Jeff Keighley and the ESA? After he, you know, he said he's not going to do the... What was it? Was it, was it E three last year before they canceled? It? He's like, "Hey, I'm not going to be involved in E three, but also we're going to do Summer Games Fest." Um, it was one of the ESA I, things that he's like, "I'm out," and now I'm going to go start my own. I mean, I haven't seen anything to like to go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a competitive element to it. Like, oh, E three now knows they have to do something a little bit more extreme, or they need to have some bigger announcements there because of Summer Games um, Fest. Um, I don't know. It's possible. But I don't know. 
shrug. Cool. So we're pretty much unanimously just both more excited for E3. 100%. Unsurprising, I think. 100%. It's like it's like saying, "Hey, this really really good cookie you like. You're going to have the option to eat that cookie again this year, but also remember that one dessert that you looked really good and then you ate it and it tasted like dog shit? Well, it's back, and we promise it doesn't taste like dog shit. Like, how am I going to make spot excited about the dog shit treat whenever I know there's a good cookie coming? <laughs> let's let's further it even more. It's like, this bite of this dessert, some bites will be good, some bites will be really shitty, but you can only take one bite every week for the next three months. There, It's birdie box Which one are you more excited beans, about? And there's only, like, one bean that's not boogers. <laughs> <laughs> But this year, they're promising that the ratio of boogers to good shit will be better. <laughs> they will announce which boogers you may or may not be eating each week. That's right. But the then you weeks. now have the return of the chocolate frog, which is a staple. You get the collectible card on it with the Wizard of Witch. It's going to be – yeah, of course I'm excited for the chocolate frog. Absolutely. And thus concludes quest. Moving on to playtime, where I'm – Wondering if a chocolate frog is one of the paper beasts here. I've never heard of paper beast. Makes me think of Harry Potter for some reason. Paper beast is the um, it's the hit song by the lead rapper in the show Atlanta, and it goes paper mm. beast, paper beast, all about that paper beast. That's a joke that you didn't get, and probably none of our listeners did. But that show is dope. You should fucking watch it. Actually, I know Asa watches it. Um, I've seen incredible. one episode of it, and it was a very good episode. It's incredible. Um, that guy's name is Paperboy, and his basically his only song is Paperboy, Paperboy. Anyway, fuck all of that. Paper Beast. I did a, <laughs> a little bit of a VR, um, a, a VR sabbatical, where I just like escaped into virtual reality a lot the last couple of weeks. And Paper Beast is one of the free games with PlayStation Plus this month. And I was like, you know what? I've heard really, really great things about this game. It's been a while since I you know, bought a new VR game. Let me try it out. So I jump into it, and it is absolutely beautiful, Holden. It's a, a, a game, there's like literally paper beasts. It's like origami folded up, like, I think tearaway crossed with but like in VR. skeletons. So oh, like interesting. A skeleton of a giant dinosaur, like a long-necked dinosaur. And then there's like a skeleton of a horse running around, or a skeleton of like a turtle or some fucking weird lizard but they're all like folded and crafted out of paper so here's how this game started holden i opened it up and it's like cool loading you get in there you you know hit the t button or whatever it is reset your camera and vr don't throw up that kind of stuff and then it's like do you want to and then it's like on a loading screen it says do you want to pay money to load faster or do you want to like purchase additional add-ons to help this load faster and i was like what? No. So I hit no, and I started loading. He's like, would you like to link your social media accounts to make this load, load faster? And I was like, fucking A, really? No, I don't want to link any of my social media to this. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it's uh, it asked one more thing. It was like, do you want to do this to make it load? Oh, do you want this to load overnight while you sleep? And I was like, it's not going to take that fucking long. Is Like, I was in the game. It's a loading screen in the game. I was like, it's not going to take that long. So I'm like, fucking sure. Yeah, let it load while I sleep. I don't care. <laughs> and then it starts loading, and then it says, do you want to play this game while you wait? Or do you want to listen to this music thing while you wait? And I was like, okay. And so I go, I hit yes. It transports you into, like, this, you're in this weird abyss. 
and there are just shapes and this like j-pop song starts playing i have no idea what it's saying but it, and then you can just like control the shapes and you can pull on shit while you're waiting for something to load and i'm there for like two minutes i'm like what the fuck is going on and then finally i hit a button on it and i quit and then it backs me out to that same loading screen and it's still lo- and i'm like what do i do and the the only things are i look over and there's a setting thing and I look over, and there's a way to get back into that music thing. <laughs> and I go into the set. In VR, in those loading screens, is way more isolating, too. Oh, yeah. You can't, absolutely. like, look at your phone in the meantime. Like, you yeah. are there. That's it. Uh, so I, I look in the settings. I'm like, what do I do? And there's, like, one setting. I'm like, well, fuck that. And so I go back in the music thing, and it starts from the beginning again. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to do all the same shit. And then after the song ends, Holden... It starts going like, and like fucking up. And then it all disappears and explodes. And it, I'm listening to that song in a boombox in the middle of this weird curtain room. And I'm like, what's going on now? And I tear down the curtains and I'm in the middle of a desert while the song is playing and the curtains start flowing. And I'm like, oh my God, that whole thing was part of the game. Like it's saying, oh, this is a simulation. Oh. This is a simulation. And I was like, oh, that was all part of the game. For the first 10 minutes, I fucking hated this game. <laughs> I said, oh, this is going to be one of those. I'm going to fucking hate this thing. And then the rest of the game, I was looking that for awesome, excuses to hate it. Um, that good old confirmation bias. I was just looking for a reason to hate this game. And I, for a long time, I couldn't. I was walking through, and, and you know, there's like this big beast that comes and it gets really close to your face. And you're like, oh, my God, this is really cool. And then you learn how to move, and you're just teleporting around these beautiful fucking environments with hot air balloons and all that shit. And as I start playing, there are – there's not like an object – it doesn't tell you to go anywhere. You're just like trying to figure out shit on your own. And um, – so then you get to a place, and then there's, like, this storm that starts coming off in the distance, and then it gets to you, and there's a sandstorm. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And you see one of these things starts, like, di- one of these animals starts disappearing into a sinkhole. And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, I better get out of here. And then you, you don't know. And then you just, like, hide in a hole until the storm's gone. And you're like, okay. Did that thing die? I don't know. And then you have to go into this cave, and then you start solving, like, tiny little, like, they're puzzles, but they're not, like, solve this puzzle to get to the other side. You're just like, I don't know where to go. Oh, but I noticed there's that thing over there is, like, spitting something up. What is that? And I pick it up, and I start spitting shit, and then I realize, oh, it's sucking up dirt from its butt and spitting it out of its mouth. And I'm like, oh, well, there's dirt blocking the thing. Let me put its butt over there, and then it, like, depletes the mound. I'm like, okay, now I can go into this area. <laughs> so it was all of those kinds of things that I absolutely hate. It's a puzzle game that doesn't tell you what to do. There's no objective, oh, but I'm... it's beautiful, and I fucking hate it. But you – I want this game it. so bad. This you know, sounds great. The whole time I was like, this is fucking The Witness mixed with fucking No Man's Sky. You're just exploring this beautiful fucking planet and just looking <laughs> at wildlife and solving puzzles. And this is your wet dream. Did it start with dedicated to Holden Departo at the beginning <laughs> of it? <laughs> but I did – I played it like I knew what type of experience it was going to be. And I played it purposefully for – like two and a half, three hours, just to say, what if it's good? What if you, what if you like actually get into it and you love it? And I spent about forty-five minutes trying to get this turtle to poop snow so that I could climb up a mountain while, it, and it was just like me holding the turtle there, and then the turtle would be like, and it'd fly away. I'm like, no, damn it, come back here, turtle. And I get it, and it poop snow again, and then something happened, and all the snow would go away. I'm like, fuck, I just worked for all that snow, and now I'm gonna get it to poop more snow. <laughs> and then I, but I finally got that, and then there was this part where. There were some crabs, 
and there were some deer trying to jump over a ridge, but it was too windy. But the crabs, you found that you could take like some weird seaweed from the side and attach that to the crab and then hook that to the deer, and the crabs would crawl across the ridge. And I spent literally like a half an hour attaching all eight of these fucking deer or elk or whatever they were to these crabs. And the crabs move so slowly. It's so fucking – like to go from one end of the ridge to the other is maybe about literally like seven or eight minutes. So Ooh. I had to not only figure out what to do, realize that I could attach them, and then like wait for it, wait for them to fucking move all the way down the ridge, and then they get to the end of the ridge, and something happens, and all eight of them detach, and I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not going <laughs> to spend more time reattaching them and, and to figure out what went wrong. I don't know what went wrong that time. So yeah, I'm not playing any more of that. But I feel like if, if you ever get a chance, you will never leave that game. Yeah, I really want to try that game. That sounds pretty awesome. It, it actually kind of reminds me a lot of. I don't know why, but you're saying exploring the planet. It reminds me of like Outer World, um, Outer um, Outer Wilds, a little bit, which is like you'll be spending your time on this one thing and you'll keep dying over and over again. But you can't just die; you have to like restart the very beginning of the whole game again, and then like travel in your ship all the way back to that planet. And it's like one mistake, so much time to make up for that mistake. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But so I won't be doing that. But if you're into puzzles and watching turtles poop snow for a half hour <laughs> <laughs> try out paper pieces. so i heard you say that you don't like doom 3 vr correct i must know why correct yeah i also played doom 3 vr i must know why um it is doom 3 the entire game in vr on playstation vr and uh it is it's different it's a very different experience from doom vfr which was released right after psvr came out which was like a uh, a cross section of Doom 2016, but you this, played Doom three, right? I played a little bit of Doom three as a tiny baby child, and okay. um, it was really, really fucking scary. And I, I yeah. liked it from what I played, but I was a child. I never could commit to anything or ADHD. I don't know. Something took over, so I never finished it. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, this is a cool opportunity, it's, and it's going to be great." And uh, it's. It's free movement, so it's not like the Doom VFR where it's like teleporting around. So it's free movement, and it is literally the game, for better or for worse. Um, but it it works really well with the PS aim controller. It's a great implementation of that. I feel like it's supernatural, super natural. But it's I don't know. It's it's boring to me. It's not scary anymore. I don't know whether the game was never scary and I was just a child or whether it's just not a scary game in VR. Something doesn't translate to that experience. I'm not sure. Well, the graphics are pretty outdated by today's yes. standards. Yes. And in fact, many like, you know, the Marines that pop up and you have to kill them uh, when you like get headshots on them. It looks like literally like a fucking rock attacked a Barbie doll and its head pops off <laughs> and like. <laughs> they look like action figures that like break into four pieces and it, it doesn't look like gruesome you know what you're yeah. used to seeing from doom compared to like resident evil 7 in vr oh yeah yeah and so there's yeah blood effects are are super minimal the this is the same thing that we had with um fuck what is it what is it the game i hate metro the same thing we had with metro where like the oh okay the enemies that were supposed to be really scary, like their animations were so canned and basic and repetitive that like I just saw them and I was like, that's not a scary thing. It's just laughable and stupid to me. It's just that thing leaping up and down. 
<laughs> and it's kind of that same way with like the imps in this game. So far, I played about two hours of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went through it for about two hours, and it just it felt more like a shooting gallery game, like a light gun game you would find at an arcade, than a Doom game to me or anything scary. Like even even Doom twenty sixteen and the rest of the Doom games are not scary, but they're still like you know high intense, uh, super fast action. And in this one, you are kind of moving very quickly, and things are happening mm-hmm. really quick. But it just didn't—it doesn't have a spark. It is supposed to be more of a survival horror game, though, than other Doom games had been. Like that's kind of what made Doom Three yeah. stand out uniquely. And even with that, though, I didn't find myself ever being anywhere close to being out of ammo. So, like, I, I found the shotgun right and, away, and it was just yeah. like I was—I was trying to use it sparingly at first because I was like, "Oh, I know I'm gonna run low on," and then I just like I have like 55 shells in this thing. And it destroys everything, so why would I not use it? Yeah. I ran into that same thing in the Switch version, right? The more you progress in the game, you start getting more weapons, and you have a ton of ammo for each of those weapons. It really loses the horror aspect of it. And maybe because I was being too conservative with the amount of ammo I was using, but I just never was in a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm going to run out of bullets. And even if I did run into that situation, immediately after that room, I would come across huge supply bins of ammo, and I'd be totally fine. Yeah, but later on in the game, that problem gets it, it's it would be it's gonna become an even bigger problem for you, I'd say. Yeah. So I, I'm I don't think I'm invested enough. I don't regret buying it. It was twenty bucks, and it was like a cool mm-hmm. experience. I got to see that try out. Got a reason to pull out my aim controller. Um. So Doom Three VR did not have a great time with Paper Beast. Excellent game, not my game, and I hated it. Box VR, on the other hand excellent game and i mm. loved it um so i am i am in real life back in the gym now like four or five days a week thank god but uh there are certain days of the week that i can't do it because they don't have open gym and they don't wear masks in the gym and i'm not going to go into a crowded class full of unmasked people even if i'm vaccinated it doesn't matter they have specific days for they have open gym days? from 10 15 to noon every day and that's when anyone can come in to do whatever they want. It's a CrossFit gym. It's a little bit different than your traditional gym. Um, and basically, no one uses open gym. So I'm almost the only person there, like, basically every day from that time. But oh, okay. if that time slot doesn't work for me on a certain day or it's a weekend or something like that and I still want to feel like I'm moving, Box VR has now kind of taken that spot for me as, like, my, my go-to workout because I got burnt out and bored with Apple Fitness Plus, with Ring Fit with making up whatever the fuck I could do with resistance bands and shit. But for at least the the time being, I've been doing box VR a couple days a week, three or four ti- three or four days a week for the past two weeks. And it is really cool. It's just, it's basically Beat Saber, but with punches and jabs and crosses and uppercuts instead of slashing swords. And... Yeah, you sent me a video of it. It literally looks exactly like Beat Saber, except you're yeah. not in this like futuristic neon environment. It's basically the same style of game. Yeah, and they do have that environment after. So you have three different environments you can choose. Oh, okay. And there are different workout plans from different trainers, and it's basically just these songs all linked together for 26 minutes or an hour or however long you want to be in it. Um, but it's really good, and it's one of those that you get out of it what you put into it, because you can very much just be like, all right. Jab, 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 cross, uppercut. You can just do that and get all the points. 
or you can like actually like brace your core and like wind up every uppercut and you get so much more out of it. And there there are times where I'm like breathing heavier during this, doing this and my heart rate's higher than it would be doing some crazy wad at the gym. Um so I'm getting a workout from it. It's really cool and I feel like I'm punching shit and that makes me feel cool. So and your VR PSVR is going to smell so good in a few oh, months. Oh dude, I started wearing um started wearing these things this one's destiny themed but you know neck gaiters and shit like that oh yeah, yeah i started yeah. wearing these on my head like covering <laughs> my hair because like, i was sweating so fucking much it was like getting into my eyes i'm like ah, the salt um <laughs> so i started wearing one of those while i play it also to keep my psvr from getting really disgusting as well i'm never gonna wear your psvr <laughs> <laughs> um so that's my VR extravaganza. I played two more things this week. I played Among Us for a little bit. We're never going to play that game for game night ever again. I didn't hit record on my audio. Hold on. It's okay because as you covered your mouth, I realized I never even opened fucking Logic. So we're using the audio <laughs> from the <this> stream. <laughs> that's really funny. All right, um, cool. Let's keep going. So, yeah, we're never playing <laughs> Among Us again logic. for game night because anytime that's the game, fucking nobody shows up. It was just me and Cozy. Um, we played like two games while I downloaded Apex Legends in the background, and then we played Apex Legends instead. So, um, <laughs> but the, I mean, we did play the new map, and there were some changes to the game that are pretty cool. Like after an emergency meeting or after a death, rather than everyone going exactly back to the button at the meeting or wherever you were, it will now give you like a 10 second countdown, and it will say, Which of these three rooms do you want to automatically warp to? And you're like, Oh, that's kind of a cool little thing there oh, i like that yeah there's kind um, of a benefit though of seeing what the potential imposters are doing as they all walk away there's yeah. like a benefit to that though but anyway the imposter it's good, easy to get away but we uh the new airship map we played the airship map with a bunch of randos and it was fun um i was the imposter once and i did a really really great job like fucking all the way to the end it was me and two other people and that's it and everyone else was dead. And I was like, yes, I'm going to fucking win this. And I see, I was running through a little thing. I see one person hiding by a bookshelf. I'm like, oh, it's just one person. No one else is here. I go and kill that person. I'm oh, sorry, it was me and three people. I go and kill that person. And he, hiding immediately under that person was another person. Like they were, one was over oh. top of the other, so I couldn't see them. And I, that was a just, good play. Yeah, they were definitely goading me. Like, say, whoever comes and fucking kills this person, we're immediately going to report the body and. And so that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but then we played Apex, and man, it had been 100,000 years since I played Apex, but Cozy was good. And by the end of it, I got like a, to a 3 out of 10. Um, let's just say the whole like four or five games that we played, I got a kill. Cozy got Ooh. zero kills. But he was much more competent at the game my, I, than I was, and mine was basically a... Uh... Did you kill Cozy? Is that what happened? <laughs> you killed Cozy? No. No, Cozy basically shot someone and downed them, and then I spent like, a lot of time shooting the downed person until they were dead. Mm. That's it. That's what I played this week. I gotta catch up on Final Fantasy IX, because that's our barf game. Backlog accomplishment, yep. respawn, and friends that we all have to play by the end of the month. And I am 22-ish hours into that game now. Proud of you. And 
is it because I'm really enjoying it and can't wait to play it, or I want to get it over with and it's a long game? Find out at the end of the month when we talk Whoa. about Final Fantasy IX on our barf. Um, that's primarily what I've been playing um, recently. And then I also played Oddworld Soulstorm because that was available for free. And I played the Brand first two PS5 levels game. of that. Brand new PS5 game. It's got the haptics. The haptics feel good. And it's it's okay so far. I feel like I am missing out on a lot of story from the previous games. It is a like the sixth game or something like that. Like there's been a crazy amount of these games. Um, so I don't really feel like I have a huge grasp on what's happening in the story, other than there are these big corporations or big bad guy corporations, and you're like part of a worker movement to retaliate against them, and you're kind of just like savior like john connor like figure named abe amongst those people they all love you and talk about abe and how great abe is yada 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 um it feels kind of forced to be honest every time this guy abe talks he sounds like this or something like that and it, i'm like he's not the hero he's just like <laughs> not i'm not doing a terrible version of, of his voice but it's actually worse than what i just did it's really really bad i don't it's kind of weird like he doesn't come across as this like hero like figure but everyone treats him as if he's like John Connor. John Connor is like this. I mean, he's a legend and he stands up to these huge machines. He's a total badass. Abe doesn't exude that, but everyone treats him that way. It's really weird. But, um, is John Connor I mean, I, I don't, a, I feel like every Terminator movie I've watched, which is just T1, T2, and the newest one, he's always a child. Well, in uh, Terminator Salvation, he's played by Christian Bale. And it's like oh, the. Okay future you know version of john connor when he's actually in the robots and it's christian bale so it automatically makes him badass i mean the guy went from being batman and fighting the joker and bane and scarecrow and all them to saving the world from robots i mean like did you also guys know, a legend side note about christian bale that we learned playing a, a game on aawi did you know that his teeth he got completely new fake teeth for the role uh in american psycho because he's like, my teeth weren't perfect. And, you know, I feel like this character would ha- would be obsessed with having perfect everything. So I went ahead and just fucking redid his entire mouth just for that role. Holy just cause he, crap. The director didn't ask him to. He's just like, you know what? This guy would probably be really vain and want perfect teeth. Let's get me perfect teeth. <laughs> Holy. I mean, I'm not super. I mean, I, that's a huge. That's a huge. Uh, it's, it's a surprise. It, it wasn't. It's, let's get me braces and like file my teeth. It was. Yeah. Let's yeah. say goodbye to my teeth and put new teeth in my head. <laughs> he, um, I think it was for the pianist. He, um, he starved himself or something like that, or, or ate a diet of like an apple a day. The machinist. Yeah. yeah. The pianist was Adrian Brody. Um, I think it was Adrian Brody. Yeah. Whatever it doesn't matter. We're talking about Christian Bale. Uh, yeah. Like that. The guy is insane with to the degrees in which he he takes method acting i wouldn't be surprised if playing michael burry in the big short he actually took his eye out and put in <laughs> a, a new eye to have it Probably. point in a different direction i wouldn't be surprised and then he after the movie took his eye out and put another new eye in he did the whole minority yeah. report tom cruise surgery no because his old teeth yeah. he even said i didn't i didn't hate my old teeth in fact i still have them uh, a mold of them on my mantle and he didn't get those ones put in his head so. <laughs> Imagine like bringing someone over, like, oh, here's my house. Those are my teeth. <laughs> the living room's really nice and spacious. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. Anyway, Oddworld Soulstorm. <laughs> Speaking 
that game it is a weird bizarre game i'm gonna keep playing with it a little bit um the jumping felt kind of strange it, it's very like it's very stiff jumping and platforming is a pretty big part of this but i got used to it by the end of the first level so i don't think it's going to be like a huge problem it's got some interesting mechanics um of like, you don't ever fight enemies you will take over their minds and then have them fight each other so it's a kind of cool things like that where like you engage with the world in interesting ways. It definitely feels like it's a puzzle game, but not like it's like action puzzly. Like, oh, how do I do this encounter as opposed to like the witness and like how do I move this line around um in this line puzzle? So it's interesting. I'm glad it's free because I feel like I would have never bought this game, but I will try to play this some more. It's been one and of those games that like has been on yeah. every single next gen gaming event. Like every PlayStation, yeah. whatever the fuck, every Xbox event has had Oddworld. So- Maybe not Xbox. Is this PS5 exclusive? It's PS. Yeah, it's okay, exclusive. So every Sony event has featured. I don't know if that's Oddworld. timed or not, though. And does it feel yeah. like a showcase for next gen? Like, does it feel uniquely next gen? No. Um. It looks graphically very nice for sure. The cutscenes look really, really good, and the haptics are good. But there's, it's not like Demon's Souls where you're like, "Holy crap, this yeah. looks completely next level." It doesn't quite hit that mark. It's also on PS4 as well, so there's only so much they can they can do. It's. I'll give an example of how this is more of a cross-gen experience. There are still loading screens; they just happen incredibly fast. Gotcha. So it's still like whereas like Demon Souls, there's no loading screens anywhere. Sackboy, because it's a cross game or cross-gen game, it has those loading screens. They just go super fucking fast on on PS5, so they're hardly noticeable. Cool. But it, it, I wouldn't say it screams next gen. It screams really good quality cross-gen game. Dope. In terms of technical side. But yeah, that is playtime for this week. Chad, are you ready to move into the quest log? Oh, I'm ready like spaghetti, baby. Oh, yeah, let's go to that Sony quest log. Before we get to all that Days Gone Last of Us remake stuff, let's talk about I am a former Sony employee. Ask me anything, says former Sony do- um, dude on Reddit. Um, he or this person remains anonymous. They claim to have been close to Vita within the company, and they feel like Sony didn't treat the Vita right. A lot of the um, questions asked were about Vita. The mods did release a post. Um, in this uh, Reddit thread that just said, we've talked to this person, we've confirmed they used to work at Sony, so this seems like it's legit. Um, yeah, so we have a huge list here of just interesting comments that were made. Excuse me, we're not going to read all of these, but I just thought we could kind of read over some of the ones that were interesting to us. Chad, what are what are some that stand out to you? I think some, it was a lot of Vita stuff. Obviously, the person said they were kind yeah. of close to Vita. But I think some of the things that were most surprising to me about it was that Sony considered it a failure almost right off the bat. And so they they didn't yeah. even feel like they wanted to invest any first-party support into it, which absolutely showed, you know, a couple years after launch, there's Uncharted, there's Killzone, and there's mm-hmm. nothing on the horizon. Um, and that's kind of what I felt like led to its demise. But they were able to uh, – it said they were able to make money enough on the hardware that they could at least keep it around for a little bit. Um, and then the, the proprietary yeah. cards, I think was a, an interesting little tidbit too, where the, the memory stick, they were just called Vita memory cards, right? Memory stick pro duo was PSP. 
Yeah. So yeah, anyway, it was Vita, like Vita memory, memory cards, cards something like that. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the Vita memory cards were, uh, at least in part, a response to the great PlayStation hack of 2011 that took the service offline for months. Um, and while technically the PSP launched in, or PS Vita launched in Japan a few months after that hack, um, apparently this had some kind of effect on it, and it was it was. Close enough out from launch that they were able to make a switch and say, no, we are going to put these memory cards in there. And it was also something they were concerned about with PSP as well, that, you know, that's why it didn't have trophies because it was too easily hacked. And then with Vita, they (laughs) made sure, like, we've got this thing on lock so that we can protect trophies and and that progression system. Yeah. Yeah. There were two things at the store that I thought were interesting as well. So I guess there was a firmware issue with the Vita, speaking of hacking, back in like 2016, 2017, and that resulted in discussion starting about closing the Vita stores. And it took them, you know, five or six years to, um, or uh, four or five years to actually close the store, which is kind of amazing. It took them that long to to figure that out. The other thing, and think we'll touch back on this later on when we talk about epic games but running a storefront um the guy said this, this is a direct quote there's more to running a digital storefront than just keeping servers online payment systems require a lot of technical maintenance and um depreciated systems um, provide easy attack um, attack vectors for sensitive information and there's a ton of work involved in making sure everyone gets their money when sales are processed so basically running a store isn't just like maintaining the servers maintaining the servers includes having cybersecurity experts working on the security of your platforms, people aren't hacking in, getting credit card information, getting just data on, on, on users outside of their credit card information as well to sell in the market. Like that's what happened in 2011 for starters. And that was a huge uh, problem, obviously. Um, but there's a lot of money that goes into that cybersecurity. Uh, people are, are not cheap to hire. They are very expensive to hire. And the other part is just making sure sales get processed. Um, is a big task and making sure that every you think about the number of transactions that happen on a platform like that over time and making sure they all get linked together to the right person going to the right, you know, publisher and all that, like that's a system that needs to be maintained and over time. So it's kind of nice to see um, some comments on, on that as well. Yeah, I was listening to um, the easy allies po- podcast yeah. the last couple of weeks and they two times in a row, they brought up the, the store closing um, the story about the stores closing and they had, they that's one of the things they had mentioned is like, man, I feel like what's the point if they have to keep the servers open for people to re-download games they bought? Like, they can't be making money off of that. Like, why not just keep the store open as well? If their reasoning for closing the store was to, you know, not lose money by keeping it open, then like, how are they not losing money with the servers? But this confirms that yes, just keeping that payment system itself is a huge liability. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just keep the servers up. Keep people happy. Let them download the shit that they want to download again after they've bought it. But yeah, yeah, takes money, takes resources. Money, big deal. Um, I I also am glad we got a confirmation on this. I mean, confirmation. It's a ask me anything for anonymous employee, but I think it, it feels pretty legit to me. The whole idea of like backwards compatibility, and Sony didn't want to do it, even though it's highly requested. They didn't see a lot of players actually. <laughs> that is such a mess <laughs> it's dripping off of both sides anyway um they, they not a lot of players actually end up using or playing the backwards compatible games 
I mean, this former Sony Sony dude says just that. He says that they had a lot of requests for it, but they just saw really, really low usage of backwards compatibility in other consoles. Right back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious to see. Um, so that was super interesting. He also confirmed more on um, America as a market taking precedent over Japan as a market for Sony, as Sony becomes more globalized and centralizes a lot of their efforts instead of having regional departments. They'll just they're just going to focus on everything globally. And he talked about basically, yeah, like that is favoring America because America is the larger market, which I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. I feel like we knew that we just haven't heard it said from someone who is a former Sony employee before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did like I did finally find solace in that fact that they're just yeah. just say it. And just apparent- say it. Just say we're just better say in America. Just kidding. Just say that we spend more money on your shit. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, he even went as far as to say that switching the cross and the circle button as the select option in Japan was basically like a, the final fuck you is what he, is how he called it. Like I'm like, "Oh, holy shit. Okay. That's harsh." Um of course, doesn't know why Sean Layden left, but apparently Sean was was well liked. How can he not be? That's that I told Jerica. Jerica texted me about this this week, and I told Jerica, like, this is the next JFK. No one's gonna know what this happened to Sean next Layden. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be an Oliver Stone movie in like twenty years. Just Sean Layden. <laughs> um, the last one I thought was interesting is that. Sony ran a bunch of surveys and interviews and tried to figure out what went wrong with the Vita. And there were so many different answers. They just literally didn't come with a consensus as to the one thing that primarily resulted in Vita not being successful. It was kind of all over the place. They just kind of said, okay, there's not really a consensus. And that was the end of it. That's so weird. Sad. And, and how it happened so quickly. Like they pulled the plug on that thing. As a, as a company, they pulled the plug. Obviously, third party still supported it long after, but they pulled it so quickly. Yeah. And 17 million the last, units sold. The last thing, the reason why I didn't play Final Fantasy XV, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy IX, I brought this little guy with me. We went on a, a little like road trip, going to a bunch of different places for several, like six or seven hours this weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just hook up my Vita to my hotspot, and I'll fucking remote play Final Fantasy IX. And the PlayStation Vita does not remote play to a PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So it is it is now purely – well, here's the thing. It is now, aside from the PSP Go that I have over there, the only way that I can play PS1 Classics. So that's what it will be. It will be my PS1 Classics machine. A very, very sophisticated PlayStation One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what's sad is that like remote play was like eighty percent of what I used it for. I think the last thing I used it for that was actually a game on it was Metal Gear Solid when we played it for Barf, a PS1 mm. classic. Yeah. It's sad to think with the store closures Gita. that like that's literally you will never be able until they make it somehow possible on ps4 and ps5 you will never be able to buy those playstation 1 classics again ever and stupid. i don't think they care i don't think they're ever i don't think they have a <sighs> incentive in the company to open it up again Jeez, man. it's a shame it's sad anyway speaking of it's sad depending on who you are i think this upcoming story is kind of mixed in the community at least i have mixed thoughts on it 
The Last of Us remake reportedly in development and Days Gone 2 pitch rejected, says Joe Scrubbles at IGN. This really came from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Um, there's two separate rumors here, but they're both kind of under the same umbrella of in PS5 and under Jim Ryan and the new leadership, this is about big budget games and like ten, major tentpole games, which we kind of already knew. I kind of feel like there's already like discussions around PS5 of like they want to support big games. Like when they're talking about the whole like we're not doing indie as much right. in the forefront, I feel like it's kind of been discussed. Um, but now we're kind of seeing how that impacts the studios. So I guess let's start with Last of Us Remake. So there was this guy named Michael Mombauer, who was the founder of the Visual Arts Service Group, which is basically just an assistant, uh, an assist studio at um, Sony. So basically, if a company needs help on a game, they rather than getting a contract or something like that, they'll just pull in this other development team they have called Visual Arts Service Group. So they started working on a new project called T1X with a new 30-person team, and this new 30-person team was an unnamed development unit. When... And Project uh, T1X was the remake of The Last of Us. Right, Originally going to be Uncharted. My, exactly. my inside source who worked animation on The Last of Us 2, whenever I would talk to her and be like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 T-L-O-U-2, she'd be like, oh, that's so funny you guys call it that because we call it just T2. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. So, yeah, T1X makes sense. Yeah. Um, Herman Hulst heard about this project. He was concerned about the cost that it would be too expensive, kind of going back into that whole big experiences that had a huge return on investment. This, I guess, didn't hit that balance for them at the time. So they just moved that team over to assist with Last of Us Part Two development since obviously Last of Us Part Two had some, or sorry, T2, was having some <laughs> serious development concerns at the time. Um, this transition caused many of the employees to leave Sony, including uh, Michael Mombauer or Mumbauer. And then after Part 2 released, some Naughty Dog developers were moved back onto the PS5 remake under Naughty Dog as opposed to being under this visual art service group. So it sounds like that game is is happening based on this rumor. It's Jason Schreier, so I think it gives it a little more credence, credence than according to Anonymous Reset Era user so-and-so. Right. I guess let's start with that one. How do you feel about a Last of Us remake? Is it too soon? Do you want this? Do you not want this? I don't, I don't what do you know. expect from it? I feel like I would 100% play it again. I mean, obviously, I've played it now twice because I played it once through the first time, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to play this again. And then I was like, oh, part two's coming out. Let me play this again. Um, But I feel like if they redid it with all of the character models from The Last of Us 2 and with, you know, those animations and shit like that, which it sounds like it's it's more than just, uh, you know, Last of Us Remastered, where it's like 60 frames yeah. a second now. Um, it sounds like it's a, a big upgrade. Then, yeah, it's one of those things where it's nice to have it all in one place and all consistent, like Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Like, I'm excited that's coming out because, yeah, I can play those on my Xbox through backwards compatibility or something like that, but it's nice to have it all current and have it all, like, linked, like, the same Shep looks exactly the same from 1 to 3, and the mechanics feel, like consistent between each so i feel like if they remade one that would be if they remade one remastered two with i don't know ray tracing something to make that game even more fucking stunning then yeah that would this would feel final and it would feel current and i'd be like that's it that's what this needed we can leave it alone now yeah i think people are talking about last of us is this timeless classic and it is 
but it's a different kind of timeless classic from like say super mario world you can play super mario world another 20 years that's still going to be a really great game whereas last of us the oomph of the story could be lost if it doesn't look as technically good i know that kind of is not awesome because i don't want to like put down like it's not about the storytelling but just technically some people are going to look at that and go, ooh, it looks like an old game. And they're not going to have that connection to Ellie and to Joel. It's really important. And as much as the graphics aren't the most important thing in gaming, with the story, it can make a big difference in why you like these characters. I mean, the facial expressions on in Last of Us Part Two really make you feel for those characters. Could Abby's story, without getting into spoilers, but could Abby's story have been portrayed as effectively on playstation 2 or playstation 3 i don't think it could i think they you really needed to see the emotion on her face and see her hurt in a lot of ways to empathize with her more so i feel like updating this to make it more timeless i'm totally cool with this game is also not coming out for several years and in several years i feel like we'll be more on board with a last of us remake than it would be now if there's a i don't know is it in our notes here about the show on hbo yeah, it's ending. So spoilers for our fetch quests later. Uh, the show <laughs> is scheduled to stop shoot to end shooting on June eighth, twenty twenty two. I feel like this would be a good thing to release alongside the show. Be like, you loved the mm-hmm. HBO show, now experience the game, and then here's the remastered version on PlayStation Five, which is only you know that's well, what a little over a year away before we prom- probably see it. Yeah, we'll probably see the game in fall. I'd say next year, not this fall. Yeah. Um, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and they don't, ha- it also depends on how much work they're going to do to the game. Are they really just going to update the graphics for it and keep the level design and the cutscenes exactly the same? Or are they going to try to do something really unique with it and say, like, make all the levels blend in with each other because the solid state, the super sexy drive can blend <laughs> all those levels together. So it, it feels like much more of one continuous journey, excuse me, than segmented levels. Um, like maybe they do something really crazy like that totally hypothetical i don't think they're actually gonna do that to be clear but like to what degree are they going to change the game is the question do you feel like they would add pedro pascal and bella ramsey no okay i don't do that but i would be super devastated if they did that i would be really upset if they did that no i don't i don't think they're going to do that at all what i think it's going to be is that they they are using the character models from two they are bringing Mm -hmm. them into one but the performance capture that they got for all of the the one stuff probably wasn't as good or detailed as the performance capture from two. So they're probably just spending a lot of time manually adding all of these animations in to make these look good and these cutscenes and stuff like that. So that's that's what's probably going to take yeah. most of the time is putting yeah. in the work that they could have done automatically if they captured it all at once. Yeah. Also, just having it in parity with last of us two with some of the smoothness i'd say not the last of us one is not smooth but there's a lot of seamless aspects of the animation and the combat of last of yeah. us part two that makes everything feel really organic i think bringing that into part one would be pretty huge as well and maybe they do release it as like a dual pack where it's like the last of us collection like you were saying with last of us part one and part two maybe they even rebrand it last of us part one why not yeah or they just um, maybe that's the how the whole thing in one thing and it's just called The Last of Us. Both parts. Fucking play it, y'all. <laughs> Man, what a brutal 40-hour experience right? that would be. So, okay. So, I yeah. I We would both get it, it sounds like. Oh, we definitely. would absolutely both get it. And yeah. I'm on board with them doing it, too. 
Days Gone 2, I'm on board with them doing it as well. I feel like knowing it's a few years out, it's fine. Days Gone 2 is the next rumor here. So Sony, again, going back to the whole, they're taking this bigger, more global approach, big, big games, tentpole games. So Sony Ben pitched Days Gone 2, but because Days Gone 1 had mixed critical reaction and it took a long time for development, Sony kind of felt like that wasn't a worthwhile investment to reach their kind of new bar they're trying to reach. So instead... Um, Bend had several development teams moved to different projects. So one of them was to assist Naughty Dog in the upcoming multiplayer game, which we all kind of suspect is a Last of Us multiplayer game. And then two, uh, the second of this of these um, games was a new Uncharted game, which I think Bend actually is a good choice for that, considering they made it uh, Golden Abyss. Yeah, but they didn't want to do that. The leadership team really was not wanting to do that they were pretty frustrated with the decision so they were allowed to get off of it and now they're just working on a new franchise we don't really know much about that but people seem really upset about days gone Two getting canceled i think that's the the bigger story that yeah there's a lot of outrage over like, oh my god there was going to be a days gone Two, and it wasn't there and it's kind of masked mm-hmm. behind the sony doesn't care about you know small experimental like new ip they're just going mm-hmm. for the big blockbusters and um First of all, all of these have to do with Naughty Dog. So it might just be that, like, hey, Naughty Dog, you work on the good shit, and then we want more good shit from Naughty Dog. Therefore, hey, Ben, how about you help Naughty Dog do good shit? Um, mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, at the end of this thing, it's like Ben is working on a new IP. It's a new franchise. So it's not to say that, like, oh, we're only going to focus on the five things that we do, Spider-Man, Horizon, Last of Us. Like, we're only going to focus on those. They know they're making something brand new. They're still taking risks. I don't. They're not yeah. going to make like you know tiny small indie games anymore. And I don't think they should. They have the talent they have there. They can mm-hmm. create some really epic shit. Um, but yes. Also the the sorry, go for it. The point of these kind of big first party games is to be a showcase of what right. A console can do so. I don't. It doesn't make sense for them to say we're going to make this two, uh, this eight bit two D small indie game. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It'd be a complete waste of the resources. So they need to be big tentpole things. And like you said, they are experimenting still. They're working on a new franchise at Bend. I can't wait to see what they work on. Naughty Dog's Why would they have released like new IPs? Like they're yeah. making new shit. Exactly. Why does Days Gone need to exist? The Days Gone Two need to exist in the first place. They already have their kind of zombie post apocalyptic series with the timeless last of us why would you have like knockoff last of us like why would you waste well i know people are gonna get really upset with me for probably calling it and i know dan for sure is gonna get upset with me for calling it knockoff uh, last of us but i mean come on it kind of is though like i know there are different games in terms of one's open world different type of stories different types of zombies i get the differences between them but in terms of like a marketing perspective and you're trying to pitch your lineup of games for people to play on the PlayStation 5 and you're like, look, zombie game, look, zombie game that doesn't look quite as interesting or emotionally compelling as the first zombie game. Why would they invest in both of those at the same time? Yeah, it's, and especially given the reception of Days Gone. Like, I feel like it got a groundswell yeah. of people who like freaking love it. But I mean, critics were mixed on it, as it said there in the story. And I feel like perhaps it got better. Like, I know there was a patch with PS5 that, like, upgraded the frame rate and shit like that, and, and eventually... But you, you can't patch out the old bones. We talked about this with with Resident Evil 3 Remake. Like, you can only do so much, but, like, if the, the core yeah. game is not compelling for 50 hours, like, that game is a long-ass game. Um, th- There are problems with it, 
And Bend is not like a powerhouse like Naughty Dog or Insomniac or Santa Monica or something mm-hmm. like that. They are, you know, one of Sony's little junior studios. Um, and I, I don't, I don't fault Sony at all for saying your game critically didn't do well. It probably didn't sell as well as they wanted it to. It took for fucking ever because the last thing you did was Uncharted: Golden Abyss a trillion years ago. Like, yeah, let's maybe move on from that. Let's cut ties with Days Gone. I think that's totally fine. And the characters, uh, while I was playing it, it's, it wasn't like I was super connected to Deacon. And God, I can't wait to figure out what happens to Deacon <laughs> after this and his stupid friend who I don't know. And uh, these characters were not something that I feel like we needed a second game. Yeah. And to be honest, I played that game for like 20 hours and then decided I don't like this anymore. I'm bored of it. Like the core, like the gameplay was fun for a little bit, but then it got really tired. I put about two hour and a half, two hours into it. So I want to give it more of a fair shake than that, but I'm not feeling super compelled to do everything else that I, that I have to play. Um, the other part of this too is I've, I've seen this on Reddit a lot, which is people saying, Oh, I thought Sony backed their studios and, and, you know, used the voice of the artist as their, to lead their direction. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't think this really negates that, that they had this, you know, vested interest in doing what the studios want. A, they just let and not do an Uncharted game, which would have been yeah. immensely profitable for them. And they're letting them do their own IP. They're also letting Naughty Dog do their own IP. But secondly, I think, I feel like the way this works is, Bend comes up to Sony and says, hey, we have five pitches for five different games that the team wants to work on. Which ones do you think would work best for your big lineup of games you want to release under PS5? I feel like that's how this works. Which, And of course, Sony should have power to say, no, we don't want to do that game. Yes, we want to do that game. And I feel like I saw, uh, maybe it was Raising Kratos or some. I feel like I watched some kind of documentary with PlayStation where it's like, yeah, that's how it was. Maybe it was like a Twitter behind the scenes or something like that. But it was, yeah, all the heads of the studios all got together in an office room. They're like, yeah, and we come in here and we pitch, hey, this is what we're doing. Oh, my gosh, that's really cool. This is the game that we would like to do. Cool. Here are the pitches for what we would do. And they see, oh, the game that we just pitched is kind of similar to what you're already doing, and you're two years into yours. All right, let's nix that one. I don't remember where I saw yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I, feel like I... I, I think that was Raising Kratos. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. What a great documentary yeah. Raising Kratos was. It was. I I liked it especially because I was expecting this really cheeky, cheesy, like, we all just got along dandy while working on God of War together. And it's not that at all. They really do show, this sucked. (laughs) We (laughs) thought this game was going to fail. They kind of show that kind of darker side. It doesn't get, like, super dark, but, you know, they definitely showed a darker side of game development. Good documentary. Um, Any more thoughts on Days Gone 2 and Last of Us before we move on to Nintendo Quest Log? Nope. Let's do it. Nintendo Quest Log with two um, two pieces of information from a data mine on the 12.0 update to Switch, both brought to us by Liam Doolin from Nintendo Life. So the first one here, rumor, evidence of a new Nintendo Switch dock supposedly data mined in system update 12.0. So data miners found a new setting called 4K DP preferred over USB 30. I think they mean USB 3.0. It's probably what that means. You just can't put periods in computer system systems like that. It doesn't work out. Um, which some have assumed is related to a new dock designed for 4K output. Chad, didn't we just do the grind where we talk about how there's no <laughs> Switch Pro? And now here's this thing of a new Switch dock. Here's the thing. I have two kind of thoughts on this. One this doesn't necessarily say there's a new dock. 
we talked about some some leaks or um, some data mines back in 2018 that showed a um, a new Tegra chip being put in that we later found out was going to be there in 2019. So they, these data mines are absolutely accurate in terms of like showing what Nintendo is working on, necessarily what will ultimately happen, but what they're kind of working on in the code of, of the software for the operating system. Does this mean a new dock is coming? I don't think it necessarily means a new dock is coming. You still have to update the firmware of the existing dock. And I'm really trying to break this down of like, okay, 4K DP. 4K DP means 4K display port. So they're just saying it can output in 4K. And then preferred over USB 3. This is what I was, this was really hard to find out. But I didn't know what kind of USB is on the Switch dock. There's the USB-C port that the Switch connects right. to. But there's also like two USB ports. Those two USB-A ports are USB 2.0, not USB 3.0. Oh, but of none of those are used for video output. So they don't really matter anyway. It's meant, to, I guess, for expendable storage, that kind of stuff. USB 3.0 is already the standard for USB-C, which is what the dock currently connects to. So that very well could just mean that they're referring to USB 3.0 as the standard referenced, but they're still using the USB-C port that's in the dock currently right now. So that doesn't necessarily lead to there being a new dock. Here's where it's impossible to really know. Um, 4K DP, 4K display port. Um, what HDMI version does the current Switch dock use? I have no idea. It is it USB 2.0? Is it USB 4.1, which is the version right before 2.0? I couldn't find like a solid source. Oh yeah, HDMI, yeah. I couldn't find a solid source on this, but it seems like the Switch has HDMI 4.1, which does do 4K up to 30 hertz. Could a next generation, or excuse me, just upgraded Switch run at 4K 30, not 4K 60? I think that's possible. I can see Nintendo doing doing that. You don't really know what the next one's going to have. So it's possible that this refers to a new Switch dock. It doesn't necessarily guarantee it is kind of my, Could this, my breakdown of that. So that was a long range. In, in, in long looking at this, 4K DP preferred over USB 3.30. Could yeah. that, instead of saying, like, do this instead of this, could it be saying, yeah, we're going to prefer a 4K output, like if if the game does it, whenever it's charging with usb 3.0 so like if it's plugged in and charging therefore we assume it's in the dock therefore let's output 4k it's possible yeah just from a like power efficiency standpoint it's like hey don't do this whenever it's in handheld mode there's no point in doing 4k because it'll destroy the the processor or the, mm -hmm. destroy the battery um let's only do it whenever you're charging over usb totally possible yeah yeah you don't know We'll find out. I'm Ooh, sure we're going to find out about the Switch pretty soon. I can't imagine there is a that 4K much longer. capable Switch coming sometime. And yeah. There's a ton of evidence. Is there a new dock for it or not? We'll just have to see. I think it'd be kind of confusing. I knew Nintendo Switch dock separately from, and they also have the Switch dock available. Like, are they just have new Switch dock and it just, they don't, like the, like the last Switch update we got, which didn't have a name, it was nameless. Maybe they'll just release a new dock with this new Switch and it does. HDMI 2.0. Who who knows? Who knows? Nintendo knows. Anyway, I think the bigger story here is actually the next one. 
Rumor. The latest Switch firmware update apparently added Bluetooth audio support. So the same data miner who discovered the dock update also found Bluetooth a Bluetooth update. It doesn't appear to be related to a new Switch as well. It seems like this could just be just something a firmware enable. update for the Switch. Just something they enable. Oh, man, would that be amazing. Why I'd be fuck? so on board with that. Why the fuck? Why the fuck? If this has been, if that system has been possible, like capable of doing Bluetooth audio this whole time for the last four years, why, why disable that? Can I tell a short story that will not answer your question, but will also answer your question? Okay, yeah, go for it. Back in E3 2001, when Xbox was showing off online support, PS2 was showing off an Ethernet dongle so you can plug in the internet to your PlayStation 2, and Nintendo says, we think this online thing is a fad. That's why. Because sometimes Nintendo is with it, and sometimes they are just really far from it. But they were with it enough to... Well, I guess the... Do the Joy-Cons work on Bluetooth, or is that a separate wireless? I think it's a separate wireless. I think it's a proprietary connection. I think. I don't know. I'm just assuming. Like, they, they, have, to, they have to have included Bluetooth for a reason. And I guess, yeah, then it for would. For a reason. I guess it would have to be for the Joy-Cons, then, because what else wirelessly connects to Nothing. Even the new Switch. screenshot thing happens over Wi-Fi. Like, you have to connect to a fucking Switch Wi-Fi network to move your shit with two QR codes. <laughs> I Maybe. I don't even think this is correct. I'm going to say it anyway, but I'm, I already think I'm wrong. But the earlier version of the Switch, the Tegra 1 version, or X1 version, had worse battery life than the Tegra X1 Plus. Maybe they think there's enough Tegra... X1 Plus units out there with better battery life that it won't be as detrimental to the battery life since the battery is already better than your ones. But I don't think that many people will have that one versus the old one. I don't really know what the ratio is on that. Also, but also they wouldn't do it to the old people anyway. So like, right. I don't, Bluetooth, I can't think of a reason. Bluetooth hasn't had a significant impact on battery life for a decade. Like everyone's like, oh my god, I'm gonna leave my Bluetooth on my phone. It's gonna die in two seconds. No, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Not since Bluetooth <laughs> low energy and now especially Bluetooth five. Like. It's negligible. So I don't think that's a yeah. concern. The Apple Watch is connected to my iPhone literally 24-7. It is yep. not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I think Nintendo just is not with it. I really think that's what this comes down to. Um, but I'm excited to get it if this is legitimate and ends up happening. So yeah. cool. Third party quest log. And oh boy, do we have a big one here. Ooh. Starting off, actually, Chad, can you take this one? Because I feel like you are better suited for this one than I am. Here we go. Borderlands news. The more and more shit that comes out about this Borderlands movie, the harder my penis gets. Starting with Borderlands movie <laughs> synopsis revealed. I don't know how to say his first name because I've only ever known him as the guy who makes guns. Duke Alien? That sounds right. This Duke, was thinking too. Yeah. That sounds like a Borderlands thing. Uh, Duke Alien Atlas officially cast as Jason Guisao at Game Informer. Um, first of all, Edgar Ramirez is playing Duke Alien Atlas. Don't know who that is. Saw his picture and was like, I don't know who that is, but cool. Um, <laughs> but they released a plot synopsis for it as well. Listen up, little kids. Lilith, played by Kate Blanchett, an infamous outlaw with a mysterious past, reluctantly returns to her home planet of Pandora to find the missing daughter of the universe's most powerful SOB, Atlas. Ramirez. Lilith forms an alliance with an unexpected team. Roland, played by Kevin Hart, which I think is fucking perfect. A former elite mercenary, now desperate for redemption. Tiny Tina, 
played by Greenblatt, a feral preteen demolitionist. Krieg, played by Muntenu. I don't remember who that is, but I remember liking it. Uh, Tina's muscle-bound, rhetorically challenged protector. Tannis, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, the scientist with a tenuous grip of sanity, and Claptrap, Claptrap, played by Jack Black. That's fun to say. Claptrap, Jack Black. A persistently wise-ass robot. These unlikely heroes must battle alien monsters and dangerous bandits to find and protect the missing girl who may hold the key to unimaginable unimaginable power. The fate of the universe could be in their hands, but they'll be fighting for something more. Each other. Uh, A lot of Guardians of the Galaxy vibes I'm getting from that. This is basically just like, here's a list of characters. <laughs> That's it. That's all the synopsis is. Here's a list of characters. They're going to go to Pandora, and they're going to fight aliens. And it's like, fucking yes. That's all I want from a Borderlands movie, and I just want to watch this cast of characters talk to each other. That's all I want. <laughs> Tiny, Tiny Tina, first of all, one of the best fucking characters of all time. Tiny Tina and Kevin Hart talking back and forth is going to be fucking gold. Mix that with Jack Black Claptrap. I need to send that to Jesse right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's going to be incredible. So I take it that you'd be surprised that there was apparently a backlash against the synopsis. Like it wasn't Borderlands. I I haven't looked into it too much, but like people were saying that this isn't Borderlands enough or something like that. That is exactly You're kind of saying there's not really a lot. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't know anything about Borderlands really. The story of the first game is on Pandora, there's a vault. And um, in that vault could be, like, the, the riches. And you go and, and somebody opens up the vault expecting to find a bunch of gold and it turns out it's a fucking monster. And so the whole thing is just a bunch of people, a bunch of vault hunters, all these people get together and they're hunting down a key to open the vault. And that's the first game. And this is basically the same thing. There's a bunch of people. They're going to Pandora, the same planet, to find a girl. Maybe it's a girl instead of a vault. Who knows? But if it's anything like... You know, the the girl in the game, the mysterious girl in the game that talks to you over hologram, like, she had a hand in opening the vault. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be totally fine. It is not the same universe. They've already confirmed this next one. Borderlands Cinematic Universe is officially different to the Borderlands video game universe, as Jordan Allman at IGN. Um, Randy Pitchford, CEO of, of Gearbox, said, yes, they're going to be different. Uh, they're not the same medium. They shouldn't be the same um, story. So it's going to be a different universe which I think is totally fine. And honestly, the characters are what you're there for. And the dialogue is what you're there for. Every single game is just more, oh, there's a big bad villain and there's a vault. And you go and open the vault. It's not what you thought it was. There are more vault keys now all over the universe. And you go to each planet and try to get pieces. It's the same shit. This mm-hmm. is fucking dope. To see this realized on the big screen and like a, a way with an excellent director and writing team and cast now is just like... <sighs> This is how people must have felt when they saw Justice League, except Justice League was bad. <laughs> but the promise of it, oh my god, Zack Snyder directing Justice League with Ben Affleck as Batman and fucking uh, Wonder Woman and, and seeing all of these people I love on the same screen. Like, that's how people must have felt, but this is going to be good, though. Yeah. Sorry, I'm done now. Well, I'm glad you're excited. I got nothing to add, because I don't like everyone... Oh. I like Borderlands. We'll put it that way. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Epic Game Store is losing money. So we have two stories here that are basically the same story, just building off each other. So report extra, read all about it. Epic will have lost almost $600 million on Epic Game Store by the end of 2021, says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. So this information comes from legal de um, depositions of Steve Allison of Epic Game Store VP and GM and uh, Joe Kreiner, who is the VP of Business Development at Epic Games. So in Epic uh, in 2019, Epic lost $181 million on the Epic Game Store. The loss increased to $273 million in the next year, but it did go down in 2021 so far, at least. Um, it's expected to be $139 million. We'll see as the year progresses what happens, but that's the estimation for right now. Overall, that's $593 million in three years of losses. Epic has claimed they won't see profit from Epic Game Store until 2023. Um, these losses are primarily due to what's called a minimum guarantee deal with third parties, basically meaning that in this case, like uh, Epic gave Remedy $10.5 million for control exclusivity. Didn't matter how much money it made. There was no like bottom, like it has to sell this much, then you'll get your amount. They just, you owe, you're going to get $10.5 million. We're you, you keep control exclusively on PC on our store. Um, and related to that, by the way, there's a rumor that Alan Wake 2 might be in development um, for Epic Game Stores exclusively as well. So cool. That'd be interesting. Um, continuing on with the main story, though, in the second part here from Zach um, Zwazen of Kotaku, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney is very excited about the Epic Game Store losing a ton of money. So to build off a few more things here, Apple believes that Epic Store won't be profitable until 2027 based on their findings in the depositions. Epic is saying 2023. Tim Sweeney has a um, quote tweets an article about their losses, and he says, this is the, that article they're talking about the losses being $300 million. But anyway, Tim Sweeney quote tweets and says, that's right, and it has been proven to be a fantastic success in reaching gamers with great games and a fantastic investment in, um, into growing the business. And he posts this infograph of all positive numbers from Epic Game Store. And I'm just going to expand this really quickly so I can read out some of the stats there are 160 million plus epic game store pc customers um they have players have spent 70 million dollars sorry 700 million dollars in the store and 265 million dollars um spent on third-party pc games so i'm assuming that means that the remainder of the 700 million is like epic games which is quite a bit fortnite rocket league that kind of stuff and then there were 103 uh, free games available and 749 million plus free games claimed, which is pretty nuts. And then 77% of those games that were free were, or sorry, 77% is the average score of the games that were freely available. So that's kind of the stats that he posted. Just talk about the losses. He just talks about they made a bunch of money. So quick context for that. I was curious, how does that stack up to Steam? They made $700 million. They didn't specify a time frame considering all the other data seems to be cumulatively across their entire time as Epic Game Store, I'm assuming the $700 million is across all three years, not just one year. Otherwise, I feel like they would have outright said it because yeah. one is obviously better than the other and everything else is cumulative. But anyway, um, it was really, really hard to find anything about Steam numbers because Valve's a private company. They don't release the numbers. There is an organization called Steam Spy, which is not going to be around much longer. That's another story. And in 2017, they said that they tracked and they estimate that Steam made $4.3 billion on just 
individual games sold that does not count dlc or microtransactions and as we both know with microtransactions microtransactions included in that they would have gone billions of dollars more and to get perspective on that uh, 4.3 billion dollar number the entire pc games business including hardware sales sales and all that was 32 billion dollars that year so they make up a pretty sizable portion for just software sales on the steam store that's really impressive epic game store is just puny in comparison we don't know how things evolved since 2017 but i highly doubt they went from 4.3 billion dollars to like 500 billion (laughs) they're probably still in the billions range um that was a lot chad what are your thoughts on this apple epic thing continuing and the new information we have uh i think the whole thing about epic losing money in general is just like duh this thing is three years old that's how businesses are like that's how they they run like if you start a new business or a new service the traditional thing is like hey i have an idea i'm gonna go borrow a shit ton of money from people venture capitalists and i'm gonna lose a ton of money over x number of years but in that time with all of that capitalist money i will have built up this great product and people will be interested in it people will be using it and then we'll figure out a way to make money uh, through advertising or whatever it might be. That's like how businesses work. And in fact, I think even Twitter, even Twitter is not profitable yet. Like it has not turned to profit. Yeah. And uh, that's just how that's just how things work. And Epic Game Store is three years old. And their venture capitalist was Fortnite. Like they just made so much money off of Fortnite that they're just like, hey, <laughs> we're just going to put this money into making a store. And, and with that, in order to get an audience on Epic Game Store to eventually make it successful and turn a profit, they had to bring, they had to take people away from Steam, and to do that, they had to do drastic things like all of our games are like ten bucks cheaper on Epic Games Store, or all of our shit like the the percentage that we give to developers is much less. Or sorry, much we give more to developers, we take less of a cut, um, and then throw that in with the exclusivity. Like you got to pay for that exclusivity, but it's to get people over to your platform and using your service, and then whenever they find out, oh, you know what, I kind of do like this thing. Then, over the next X amount of years, you can stop paying for the exclusivity, and people are just used to buying shit on there. Or you can uh, stop making your games cheaper. I don't think they'll ever change their cut to be less beneficial for developers, but like that's the way this is all run. So the fact that they've lost mm-hmm. 600 like it's a big headline. They've lost almost $600 million. It's like, I'm surprised it's not more. That's how business yeah. works. I definitely agree with what you're saying that businesses tend to lose money at the beginning as they get into a new market, figure out their their model is. I do feel like the reason that the $600 million loss is notable here is because they're trying to tell Apple they can lower their cut and still make money, but they don't, they're not in a situation where they're making money yet. I feel like they could make a better case about lowering the cut once they are profitable themselves and can say, this is how we did it. This is what we're doing. This is how we got to this point. Because when you, a business is trying to figure out if they can make it or not, they might not make it. So they can say, we'll be profitable by 2023. They don't know that. They're making an estimation and they think that they'll be profitable. And I think I think they will be. I'm not saying that their business is going to flop. I, I think their business is going to be fine. I feel like they would have a better claim on the 30% cut changing if they were profitable going into the conversation, as opposed to saying, we think we're going to be profitable in a few years. I think it would, it would, it would help their message and their argument. I think it kind of undercuts the, at least the public image of this. Obviously the 12% cut is not why they are losing money here. Obviously it's because of the huge contracts they're making. 
but because so much of this story has been public perception and is kind of changing people's you know view and public perception i think this does hurt the public perception of their case yeah i agree that i i think there these are slightly less related then at first glance, like I feel like the six hundred million losing, and then like drawing the line to the Apple versus Epic thing, and saying, "Hey, this is a, a bad look if you're trying to say that you're profitable or you're you're going to be profitable, or that this percentage cut doesn't actually mm-hmm. impact you." I feel like that's that's a little bit of like connecting some dots where I'm not sure if they were meant to be connected. But um, well, I mean, it came from the depositions of this of the lawsuit, so they are connected in that regard. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I just I just don't think it's anything anything that shocking or revealing. No, I don't think it's that shocking either. I'm not surprised to hear this. Um it, it does act a little counter to them saying, Oh no, 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 we're still making money and we can do things even with a twelve percent cut. I still don't think they can make that claim exactly until they are actually profitable. My and I don't I, I don't want this to be a doom and gloom because I think more likely than not, Epic Game Store is going to be a successful game store. More likely than not, this is what I want to. This is kind of my question: There's 160 million PC customers who come to Epic Game Store. Dollar wise, in money spent and all that, the PC market and the console market are basically identical, which would suggest that there's probably an equal number of users on each side. How many of those 160 million, like, keep in mind, like PlayStation, really profitable organization, PS4, 111 million so far, right? How many of those 160 million people came for free games, made an account, and then left and never bought anything else on the store? How many of those customers are actually loyal customers that are going to come back to Epic Game Store or just create an account? Because they don't really measure what 160 million total customers is is that 160 million accounts that were created but they're not coming back or are they saying that they have 160 million people coming every three months or so to buy a game like what what is the the metric of of that user um that i think needs to be answered um it's possible people are buying from the store because like you said ten dollars cheaper for a game i would buy ten dollars cheaper for a game to buy from the epic game store i that makes sense um, but do other people want to do that is the question. Is that are people fine not getting a game at launch anyway, and they just go to Steam sales and give that money to Valve? Yeah, I think there's a I think there's definitely not gonna be that payoff for that 160 million. I, I that 160 million includes a bunch of free games and shit like that for people yeah. and they're not doing anything else. And I think there will always be that part of the audience. But I think that over time and several years, they will start to convert those people. Like, you know what? I do have this library of like 20,000 trillion games in Epic Game Store. And you know what? This other one's coming mm-hmm. there, has exclusivity for a year or three months or whatever it might be. I, I So I think that's like a long game. I think that's they're giving people a lot of free shit right now, even if they're not spending anything. But eventually, people are going to start seeing Epic. Like, when they think, where am I going to buy my PC game? More and more, Epic Game Store is going to be in their minds because they go to it every single month to redeem their free games or every couple of weeks or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the invaluable part is that mind share. Yeah. And on PC games too, like you can like say on Steam, for example, I don't know how this works for Epic Games. I'm assuming it's the same way. But like let's say you have a game on Steam. You can just make that game a shortcut on your desktop. 
and just when you open it up, then it launches Steam and it goes into it. So you can interchange and go back and forth and have games different on different stores, and then just make it a shortcut on your desktop, open up that game, and just over, opens up whatever relevant store to launch the game, and then it starts playing. So like, it's easy to, was... as a PC player, to go between different stores. I also think it... I'm 74% sure this is Epic, where the Epic Game Store can be a launcher for other like for your Steam games. Like you can have it all in the Epic Game Store. Okay. The other 26% of me okay. is thinking maybe that was the Discord store when they were open shortly, but they're no longer open anymore. I knew it was one of them, but I wasn't 100% sure. I, I, also, I also there was like a third-party company that has like a unified launcher. It yeah. doesn't sell anything. They just like have a launcher. But it's either Discord um, I, I or Epic. Sure. Like their their store you can use as a universal launcher as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Epic. That sounds like a very Epic kind of for the, the gamers kind of thing to do. But yeah, but I'm curious. I am curious how this is going to impact. Um, how it's going to impact the lawsuit they're going through because it sounds like it's already leaning in Apple's favor. Um, but we'll actually, we'll see. They actually go we'll to see coming court up. in person next month, right? In May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's move on to our fetch quest. The last, actually, we have a pretty long fetch quest list this week because we have two weeks okay. of fetch quests. The first is Ratchet and Clank PS4 is to get a, P- a 60 frames per second update for PS5 in April 2021. I am 100% going to play that again already, before Rift it, Apart it comes out in, in that March. glory. The 60 frames per second update? Yeah, it came out March 31st, or maybe it was the 30th. They released it early. I remember saying that. Like that oh. headline came out. And then the next day, <laughs> it was available. I'm like, surprise. There it is. Yeah. Let me close out of that. Um, next one is PAX East canceled due to COVID-19 pandemic. This is Jeffrey Rousseau at gamesindustry.biz. Biz. Pretty sad. Yeah. Not good. That was the one that started it all. That was the one the Boston mayor said, Sony, please reconsider. Oh Come back to PAX. And then the world died. <laughs> here is april 2021's xbox live games with gold according to riley mcloyd at kotaku let's just take a moment to discuss all the amazing games that are coming this month in games with gold thank you for uh taking a moment of silence uh with us here for that moment here's april's 2021's playstation plus lineup according to also, Riley McLeon at uh, Kotaku, or McLeod. It is McLeod. I misspelled on the second one. Fun story. This doesn't make any sense, but M-A-C-L-E-O-D is pronounced McLeod. Really? McLeod? Yeah, I had a professor in I guess that kind of makes sense if you look at it. I can see McLeod in there. So, Riley McLeod. Um, Oddworld Soulstorm, as we talked about earlier, is coming um, to P- the PS5 version of PlayStation Plus. Also coming is Days Gone. You can't get Days Gone too, but you can get Days Gone in your PlayStation Plus. And the instant classic hit, Zombie Army 4 Dead War. I've actually heard that's a pretty fun, like, co-op four-person zombie shooter. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. So, probably not a game maybe night thing, game but maybe... Night. Well, maybe a game night, if we can... <laughs> opposite jink what kind of jinx is that (laughs) would like say the opposite of the same topic um yeah i don't know how it'll be playing that with multiple groups of people on chat at the same time i don't know yeah that can be a struggle sometimes yeah seven or eight people 
Marvel's Avengers Borderlands 3 join PlayStation Now this month, says Marcus Stewart at Game Informer. Avengers will be available from now till July 5th. Borderlands 3 available from now until September 29th. I still think PlayStation Why? Now gets a bad rap. <laughs> I mean, it's still actually good value. More and games. You can Game download Pass. these games too. It's not just streaming. Mm-hmm. It gets a bad rap. Mortal Kombat movie pushed back a week will premiere on April 23rd, says Chris Moyes at Destructoid. That's also that, that's that's good news because that's uh, not good news, but like it's relevant news because that's our game night next week. Week. Oh, yeah. Next, yeah. Week next after. Week, right. I think it's the week after. Let's look at the calendar. No, uh... no, it is. It's next week. Yeah. yeah. So not the upcoming game night, but the next game night, which is also Correct. next week. Correct. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, okay, we're cool. going to be doing that on Friday for the movie instead because 23rd is Friday, right? Yes. Dope. Because we did we did Justice League that way and it was a good time. So. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I wouldn't normally have watched Mortal Kombat, but knowing how much I enjoyed Justice League watching with everyone, I, I'm actually looking forward to Mortal yeah. Kombat now. Speaking of video game movies, Resident Evil live action movie delayed. It was going to come out September 3rd. Now it's coming November 24th. Ooh. Didn't want to pull a cyberpunk. So they had to up the ray tracing <laughs> and all that and make sure the cars drive properly. Deathloop delayed till uh, September. So originally it was going to be coming out May 21st. Now coming September 14th. Thank God. In May was going to be Mass Effect and Resident Evil. I wasn't going to have any time for Deathloop. Totally it just wasn't going to happen. Resident Evil. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We're like it's gonna be good. about a month away now. That's good. Less than a month? It's soon. More delays. The analog pocket has been delayed again, says Damien McFerrin in Nintendo Life. Partially COVID. Oh, my boat. God. And the boat that got stuck in the, the last canal when th- they delayed it. They said, oh, we're delaying our, our things to October because <laughs> of the boat in the canal. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know... Um... Sorry, so one of the best, like, Swayze Canal memes I saw was in Austin Powers. You know the scene where he's, like, it, one of Mr. Evil's, like, lairs, and he has the little cart, and he gets stuck in the narrow hallway, and he's, like, moving back yeah. and forth, and he can't get... Someone just basically put the Swayze Canal's, like, the boat, that whatever that boat was, <laughs> and just put it there, and it's just Austin Powers is riding that, and he can't get it out of the room. It was really funny. Anyway, The Last of Us HBO series to reportedly begin filming in Calgary in July 2021. says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Shooting will start July 5th, 2021 and end June 8th, 2022. Here's my, like, speaking of connecting the dots. Avengers was going to be available past July 5th, but they knew Pedro Pascal would be too obsessed with it. So they cut it off right <laughs> when filming starts. That's that's why it's planned out that way. You know, I saw these dates and I was like, really? An entire a whole year for this? What I can only imagine is maybe a 10 episode series. You're going to spend a whole year. But then I was like, oh, the whole thing takes place over four different distinct seasons. And like, ah. Yeah. And it goes summer, fall, winter, spring. Mm. So it kind of makes sense that they would film that way, yeah. Hell yeah. And then also, like, they're going to be editing episodes along the way. So yep. they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready for this by fall 2022. Yep. I'm pretty pumped. I cannot wait. Speaking of Sony films and stuff, Netflix lands deals for Sony films, including Uncharted. Says Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Sony movies released in 2022 will exclusively come to Netflix after their theatrical runs. This is not like the WB thing where it's simultaneous theatrical and Netflix. It is after. I don't know if the word exclusive is accurate here. It might be in that article. But I was reading something about how 
I was reading another article about the. Same oh, sorry, thing. you're right. Exclusive first pay window licensing deal, so they have like the first opportunity. Yeah, because Spider Man to put money down on it. And I was like, really, Spider Man? Yeah, the next Spider Man movie is going to be exclusive to Netflix. And I was like, no, other people can still like bid and put it on there. Like, obviously, it'll be able to come to Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. Netflix is definitely getting it. Yeah. Boom. Those are all of our stories for the week. That's it. That's all of them. Every stories. Yeah. Not everything we have for the episode. What? Do we have a game on game show? Oh, yeah. Game on game show. The game on a game show. I play a game called Game <laughs> On. Game show on a gaming show. Game, 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 game. Hold on. There's a very, very important anniversary today in video oh, no, game history. Do you know what it is? Is this the uh, one year anniversary of Hello, Margaret? It's me, that one. No. And I'm going to have to answer questions no. that I'll always this get wrong. This is legit gaming video game history. Significant game. Oh. 20 years to the day, April 12th, 2001, on Game Boy Color, Dragon <laughs> Warrior Monsters 2, Terra's Adventure, released in Japan. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> How could I have forgotten? Can you very, call me a gamer? Uh, important um, history milestone for april 12th (laughs) and you know dragon warrior monsters if you aren't familiar with the series was after the success of pokemon a bunch of other types of franchises tried to make their own type in their own worlds so this was dragon warrior mashing up with pokemon you could take uh you could now like breed monsters together and create other monsters you use them to battle etc etc so i thought that's a perfect way to transition into now flesh it out now flesh it out where we take two franchises mash them together and see what that might look like now here's the twist of this one holden is that i have four mashups and each of the mashups contains a game whose anniversary is today oh that's cool yep the first one is pokemon and the anniversary game is dark souls 3 now, Dark Souls 3 did oh, not release today, but Dark Souls 3 released on PS4 today. <laughs> <laughs> the original released on PS3 some other time. But April, April 12th was the PS4 release date. So Pokemon and Dark Souls, how do we mash them up? Okay, here's an idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to include the whole catching mechanic and that kind of stuff into it, but here's a thought I just had. When you die... Right, Rat, you play as a Pokemon, and you're just—it's Dark Souls, but you're playing as a Pokemon okay. like character. When you die, you're just—you respawn as a whole new Pokemon, and there's like 800 of them to like regenerate through. So you might get lucky and get like Onix and just crush it as you move forward, or you might get like Mr. Mime and be like, "Fuck, like I—I I can't beat this boss as Mr. Mime." But so now it's, it's a challenge. That's good. Yeah, I like also the idea of, um. I like the idea of still having a trainer, and but you're playing Dark Souls and it's Pokemon and you're you're grinding, fighting enemies with the Pokemon, and then you get to the boss and it's this obtuse thing you don't know how to beat it and there's permadeath, <laughs> and so <laughs> it, you go in there like how do I attack this thing? Boom, wipes out your whole party in one thing. You're like fuck, now I have to go catch six <laughs> more Pokemon, <laughs> and I have to grind to level them up just to get there and realize I still don't know how to beat it. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, you're standing on, like, the side of the arena just, like, throwing little, like, hamsters, basically. <laughs> like, at, 
had this giant like fire dragon or something like that that'd be hilarious perfect it's like man how did pikachu not get killed by that giant dog with the sword i'm so amazed (laughs) pikachu managed to do it number two i'm gonna i'm gonna start putting the anniversary game first so this game has an, a five-year anniversary today, Ratchet & Clank, the remake, launched oh. on PS4 from Insomniac. Again, 60 frames per second update, out now. What does Ratchet & Clank mixed with Fast & Furious Crossroads look like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> first of all, I've never played Fast & Furious Crossroads, so my only idea of it is, how do you cross Ratchet & Clank with a shitty game? <laughs> <See the only? laughs> Yeah, it's really tough. Okay, I do think that a Ratchet and Clank racer would be kind of cool. You have crazy weapons attached to your car. That's, that's the that's the cool thing about Ratchet and Clank is all the crazy awesome weapons that you have. Okay. That are like yeah. kind of fun and whimsical. Like there's the the Groovatron, which is a bomb or a grenade you throw that turns into a disco ball and causes all the enemies to start dancing under the disco ball. Like things like that where they're kind of wacky and zany all over the place. How do you incorporate that into a car racer? Like Mario Kart style, but like goofy, funny items. I don't have any examples of goofy, funny items, but we're just going to say there are goofy and funny items in this Ratchet and Clank racer. That's my contribution. I like it. I want literally the same Ratchet and Clank game, but with Vin Diesel. And then you have, (laughs) what's her name on his back? Ana Lucia, Letty. What is her name? Michelle Rodriguez. (laughs) You just have her strapped to his back. And it's just, they say all the same dialogue. Vin Diesel speaks all of Ratchet's lines. I don't know if Clank talks, because I've never played one of these games, but Michelle Rodriguez has all Clank's lines. Same voice actor as plays Ratchet and Clank, but the likeness of Vin Diesel and Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez. I'm into that. Absolutely, 100%. Um, should work at Insomniac, make it happen. I'm just now realizing that I didn't provide a second game for this next mashup. So I'm just going to mention this anniversary and we'll move on. (laughs) (laughs) In 2007, this is the 14 year anniversary of the release of Mortal Kombat two on PlayStation three. Oh, the re, 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 re release of it. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an, okay. Let me think of another game off the top of my head. Um, gravity rush, Mortal Kombat two and gravity rush. I actually just think that playing as Cat in a fighter would be a really cool experience. Okay, first Although of all, Cat was that. already in PS All-Stars Battle Yeah, Royale. PS All-Stars, yeah. But here's what I want. I want the whole game to be... It's the same thing, but with the idea of your cat... That's the name of the character, right? The main character is Cat. Yeah. And then she has a yeah. pet cat, right? In the game? Yeah. And the pet cat is constantly chase, chasing you, and if it ever catches you, then it fucking rips you in half and, like, smashes your face. Fatalities you? <laughs> and it, it just finishes you. And so the whole game, you're that just, would... like, switching gravity and jumping around and shit like that, trying to escape this cat. <laughs> While also that actually sounds... Active. That sort of sounds awesome in the context of that game. Have you played Gravity Rush before? I played, like, ten minutes of it and then realized there was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> There is some really cool traversal in that game where you're just like flying around this map and weaving between buildings and stuff. And it's really epic. And 
doing all that while fearing that a cat's gonna like destroy you if you stop at any point would actually be really thrilling i'm a hundred percent down gravity rush three and that's exactly what the game needs to be about perfect it should be called gravity rush three colon don't let the cat eat you that's the name <laughs> of it that's what's called a catchy title all right this last one it's a three-year anniversary of the release of Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle on PC. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to just take the franchise, Friday the 13th, and what would that look like? I'm sorry, I think someone boardroom? in the boardroom is like, how do we make this game, like, it's a puzzle game, but how do we make it, like, vicious? Oh, just call it a Killer Puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle. It's like saying, like, man, that's a killer checkerboard you have there. like... <laughs> <laughs> It's never gonna be killer it's a puzzle anyway sorry keep going <laughs> so yeah just just friday the 13th in general mashed with astro's playroom <laughs> actually let's just take a book out of the uh gravity rush 3 a cat's gonna eat you and you just play <laughs> is it astro bot the new one on ps5 yes okay it's that but like Freddy Krueger's chasing after you that would be fun. I oh, want platformers where things just chase you to you kill you. Mistake. It's Jason Voorhees, not Freddy Krueger. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They were both in Freddy vs. Jason. So, right. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, all right, so it is Jason Voorhees, that one, chasing little Astrobot around to kill him. I'm just going with the same Gravity Rush concept because that's just such a cool idea. I, I want to get, like, it adds intensity to the platform. You can't take your time to, like, you know, look at the sights and the beautiful ray tracing. you got to just fucking haul ass to the end. It sounds awesome. I'll take it. Totally copied your idea from last time, but like I'm that. shamelessly doing it. <laughs> shamelessly. I like, I also like the idea that it's some, like, executive at Sony. This is a little bit conceptual. It's an executive at Sony that left and they're angry about their leaving or maybe they're angry about what had happened and maybe it's sean later maybe it's not but it's just them going and you know astro's all about nostalgia and playstation's history it's just them going piece of playstation history by piece of playstation history and just beating the shit out of it until it's gone and deleted and forgotten from history and they start with the vita unfortunately <laughs> and then they just go back in time and kill everything you love about playstation Excuse me. That's what happened. That's horrible. That's that's. I mean, your idea. I'm not saying your idea is horrible, but it's it's tragic. It's like I want to make this game honoring PlayStation's history, and we're gonna have it. We're gonna kill it in front of you, (laughs) viciously (laughs) and horribly. See this gorgeous, you know, DualShock Four controller, and just stabbing it over and over again until it's crushed. Like it's basically that one scene in Office Space where they break the printer, but Uh with with Jason Voorhees doing it. Yep. And then eventually the sequel where Jason Voorhees and Freddy are fighting over the PlayStation 4 controller, and then that results in it breaking. <laughs> That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for Respawn Aim Fire episode 206. You have homework. Play Final Fantasy IX. I'm talking to myself. Play Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> it's our barf game of the month. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and friends. 
it is about time that we put up another poll for that too for for May. Yeah. So uh, if you want to be participating in that poll I gotta do and that. let us know what you want us to play, uh, go to patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. Throw us a book. You get cool wallpapers like the Mass Effect ones we just launched yesterday. Uh, you get to play with us on game night. You get to watch Mortal Kombat with us next week. Um, all sorts of fun shit. Also, be on our show. You're the guest. Reprise. Starting next week. We've already got two guests lined up for next week, and it is filling up. Go to appableidiots.com. It's the first thing on the site. Click it or tick it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Anything I missed? Oh, go watch The Grind. Go watch The Grind about the Nintendo Switch, uh, the fact that there is no Nintendo Switch Pro, and keep an eye out in the next, what is it going to be, like a week and a half from now? Did we really uh, just release been... that four days ago? Yeah, four days ago. And the next episode's going to release on Friday, April 23rd. Dope. Oh, on Mortal Kombat Day. Yummy. On Mortal Kombat Day. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. That's the sound of Jason Voorhees killing all the PlayStation things.